Hey, this is Abby Sachek. Welcome to the New Culture Church podcast. Our vision is to create the culture of Christ in Madison, one person, one place at a time. We believe this happens through being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he did. And we hope that the teachings and the content you find here will help you do just that. We also know that these are trying times. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us through our website. We would love to connect with you. We hope you enjoy this podcast. You know that we love church plants. We love church plants in cities. Um, We have a lot of awesome friends that are doing really amazing things. And so we're super excited that we have um, our friends Adrian here today. And he's going to be sharing with us in just a few minutes about their ministry in Milwaukee. Um, And so Pastor Ned and I, we were there for one of their launch events. And we got to help and celebrate with them what God is doing in the city of Milwaukee. Um, And it's just been incredible to get to know your whole family and to see um, just the vision that God has put on your heart. And so to know that we as a church family, are praying for you. We are with you. We are celebrating what God is going to do. And so we're excited to receive from you today um, and truly believe that what God has put on his heart is going to be incredible. And so um, we're going to have a little video play to just show us a little bit about what God is doing in Milwaukee. And then after that, we'll get really excited for Adrian. We have been told that there is more that separates us than unites us. Now more than ever, we have been told that it's our differences that divide us. But there is something new on the horizon. A generation tired of division. A generation ready to unite. There is action in unity. There is purpose in unity. There is power in unity. There is victory in unity. There is a move of God happening. He is doing something new. Take part in uniting the Walker's Point neighborhood the city of Milwaukee and our world to the ultimate uniter, Jesus Christ. Appreciate it. Um, I don't feel like a guest here. I feel like this is home right here. So, so hopefully after today, you guys view me as, as a, okay, perfect. Good, good. Yeah, technology, right? It's a gift and a curse. Um, so yeah, after today, hopefully you guys see me as a, as a brother and, and, and as a, a fellow member here at, at New, uh, New Culture Church. Um, this is my second time here, but like I said, this is home. Um, and I just really like, I know it's like, oh, when there's a guest speaker, you think the pastor or whatever. But I genuinely, genuinely thank you, Pastor Abby and Pastor Ned Malise, for, um, for not only inviting me, but for being uh, like advisors for being like our cheerleaders being like just everything that we need in this season um they have been vital to to what we're doing in milwaukee so i I just genuinely want to thank you guys um even if we're you know 90 miles away we feel your support and we feel your prayers and i just genuinely want to thank you so give it up for your pastors my goodness they're amazing 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 um so I'm, uh, I'm Adrian Hernandez, uh, but you guys can call me Dre. All right, that's my nickname. You can call me Dre since we're friends now. Uh, so feel free to call me Dre. Uh, what's up, man? Love you too, brother. Yes. Uh, I've been married close to nine years to my beautiful wife, Maria, who's sitting right here. Yes. Uh, she's a, a makeup artist in the city, a very talented one. So if you're ever in Milwaukee, need your makeup done. Actually, she'll travel. She'll travel. All right, she'll come to Madison. So, so, so look her up on Instagram. Um, and then I have my two amazing kids as well, Isabella and Dre Zion, um, who welcomed, uh, or rather, who who joined us today as well. And uh, if you guys want to pray for me about something or, or pray for our family about something, um, it's that tomorrow we officially have a high schooler in our home. Yes, my daughter starts her, uh, her high school classes tomorrow, and uh, Lord help us. Lord help us. Uh, Jesus, we need you. So um, I have been blessed to be in ministry and serving the Lord for close to 10 years now. Uh, we served at our church um, at the Young Adult Ministry for eight years, leading uh, there in the uh, evangelism and with the teaching team. Um, and then in the last four years, I've had the privilege to serve uh, with City on a Hill, which is a organization, a nonprofit there in the in the near west side um, in Milwaukee. They're doing amazing, amazing things, and I've been able to uh, to serve with them um, and be part of their church plant uh, lead team as well. And uh, and God is just moving. God is moving um, in, in through City on a Hill and and through the north side there in in Milwaukee. Um, 
and now we're in the process of starting our own church and our own ministry in the south side of Milwaukee in a neighborhood that you just took a tour through uh, called Walker's Point. All right, Walker's Point uh, right there in the south side of Milwaukee. And um, I won't get into the, all the details of really how God called us there, but essentially before I gave my life to Jesus, I used that space, right, that neighborhood to do a lot of bad things. And I gave my life to Jesus, and he's like, I don't want you to depart from this neighborhood. I want you to come and and, and evangelize here and and, and be a light here. Um, so after many years of that call, we finally decided to, to pull the trigger, and uh, and we're doing it. Um, Walker's Point is a very diverse uh, area in every sense of the word. Uh, it's very diverse ethnically, socioeconomically. It's an area that has been developed drastically in the last couple of years. Um, gentrification is happen- happening at a fairly rapid pace. Um, gentrification is not of the Lord. Uh, so, so we're just, we're just praying through exactly what it looks like to equip those residents that have been there for decades. Um, actually, I, I spoke to a man last week who had been there for 50 years and taxes, taxes are just skyrocketing where he doesn't know if he can stay at his house that he's been at for 50 years. So. That's the type of climate that we're encountering in Walker's Point. Um, a lot of division between those who have and those who, who have not, those who have been there forever and those who have moved in the last couple of years. There's a lot of division. So our goal is to come, unite the community, equip um, equip those, uh, again, who need equipping in order for them to be successful in life, all the while uniting them to uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So so that's our mission. Um, and that's it. Walker. Is most affected. You guys hear me? Okay. Um, it's the area that's most affected by sex trafficking, prostitution, and op- opioid overdoses in the entire state. So uh, the, the the spiritual and demonic strongholds that exist in that area are tangible. They're thick, um, and and that's that's the area that God calls us to. So so pray for us, and uh, and yeah, we're just super excited for what God is, is has already begun and, and is doing. Um, so we established Unite Ministry Walker's Point with with that in mind to truly just come and impact that neighborhood um, for the kingdom. Um, follow us on social media. We have the little scan thing that we that we took and that we learned from from New Church, uh, New Culture Church. Uh, so feel free to scan this thing. Follow us on social media to stay up to date. We regularly put prayer requests up there as well, so you guys can can you know uh, pray for us. Um, and um, we have pop up services that we're doing along with a mo- we're doing a multitude of things. Uh, one of the things that we're doing uh, we're having these pop up services. Inviting the community, sharing a meal, um, and just getting in, in the word and, and, and just, you know, praying that God would bring many to the kingdom. Uh, our next event is July 7th, uh, which is a Thursday night. So if you're able to come, we would love for you guys to come. Or better yet, if you have family members in Milwaukee that you want to invite, especially those who maybe don't know Jesus, um, invite them. Invite them. We want them to be there. We want to love on them. And uh, we want to uh, just let them know how much Jesus loves them. So our next one is July 7th. Um, Huge, awesome testimony on the venue. We got it for free. Long story, but God is good. July 7th. Uh, there in, in the Walker's Point area in Milwaukee. Uh, all right. So as much as I love to talk about myself and my family and my ministry and all that stuff, I came to get into the word with y'all. All right. That's what I really love. That's what I really love to do is to get into the word. Uh, so that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, let's pray. Father God, we glorify you. Lord, we thank you that where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are as well. So, Lord, do what only you can do. Lord, convict, correct, encourage, embolden. And, Lord, we know that you're going to move because you already started. We pray these things in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Evangelism. Pause so that half the room gets up and walks out like, ooh, no, not today. Not today. Um, Evangelism. What comes to mind when you hear that term? Does it make you cringe? Does it make you sweat? Does it give you butterflies in your, in your stomach? Does it, does it give you anxiety, right? What, what happens? Or, or maybe it brings back a memory, uh, uh, potentially an unpleasant memory of a time that you yourself evangelized. What is evangelism? Let's, let's define the term. The way that I would define it is very simple. 
It's essentially being obedient to the command of Jesus to take the good news, the gospel message, to the lost. Right? Being obedient to the command of Jesus to take the gospel to the lost. That's what evangelism is. If Jesus would have had a slogan or a mission statement, like, you know, McDonald's has, uh, I'm loving it, or whatever, right? Um, Dunkin' Donuts has, um, America runs on Dunkin', right? Um, the fact that the only references I could come up with are fast food references would, should let you know what my struggle is. Um, but, but for Jesus, uh, his mission statement, if you will, his slogan would have been Luke 19.10. I, I firmly believe this. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That is what his mission statement is. That is what his slogan is. And as Christians, you and I, or to use a more appropriate term, followers or disciples or students of Jesus Christ, our mission statement and our slogan has to be the exact same thing. For the follower of Christ must seek and save the lost, right? Because that's what Jesus did. That's what he came to do. John said in one of his uh, books that he, he said, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did on mission to seek and to save the lost. So evangelism is less about what you do and more about who you are. It's less about what you do and more about who you are. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we have the antidote with the good news for all the ills of this world, all the bad stuff that's happening in this world. We have the resolution in Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you agree that the problems that we face today are massive? They're huge, right? They seem unresolvable, all right? Mass shootings, wars, corporate greed, too many guns, not enough guns, human trafficking, everything you can think of, right? The answer is Jesus. We have the answers. We have the answer in our hands, and that should encourage encourage us. That should motivate us that the answer is in Jesus. But knowing all of this, why is it that believers still uh, aren't evangelizing? Why, why, why aren't we still sh- uh, not sharing our faith the way that Jesus commands his people to do? A lot of people will say, well, I'm shy, right? I'm shy. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm more of an introvert, right? Or, or um, I, you know, I just kind of get, get nervous or I get scared, right? Or, or this is one of my favorites. I'm not called to. Okay, I hear that one quite a bit. Um, or, or this one, I don't know enough about the Bible. What if someone, I'm over there, and Jesus loves you, and then they say something random. Well, on YouTube, I saw this, that, and the other, and then you get stuck, right? I, I hear that quite a bit. I just don't know en- enough about the word to be out there evangelizing. All of those things are valid concerns. They're valid fears. I get it. I suffered, and to a certain degree, I still suffer from those things. It can be crippling at times. And like I said, they're all valid thoughts and, and emotions. But let's go to scripture uh, to really get clarity and guidance on, on this matter, right? So in John chapter 7, uh, we find Jesus at, at this festival, okay? It wasn't Summerfest, to my knowledge. Uh, it was a festival of tabernacles. And in true Jesus fashion, he is teaching on a variety of topics And his primary focus is the fact that God, Yahweh, right, the God of the Bible, sent him to redeem the world. And like the majority of Jesus's ministry on earth, there is division between those who believe him and are following him and those who want to kill him. Right. Because that was like the only two options. It's like we're either with you or we want to kill you. That was. And then there was a middle ground, of course, of like people who didn't want to kill him, but they just didn't want to follow him. Um, So John chapter seven, uh, verse 37, it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. As I mentioned before, Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. And everyone said, Amen. Yeshua means savior, not just for the Jews, not just for the Gentiles, not just for Americans, not just for Mexicans. Even though we're his favorite, everyone knows that. He gave us the best cuisine. Tell me someone who doesn't like tacos and is like, are you saved? 
Um, okay. Um, he's for everyone. Jesus is the Savior of everyone. Let anyone who is thirsty, regardless of ethnicity, social class, background, country, anyone who is tired, burdened, traumatized, bitter, angry, confused, come to me and I will give you peace. I will give you purpose. I will give you restoration, salvation. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. That is powerful that Jesus is for everyone. Now, there's a lot of things that may not be for everyone. All right. Tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. I don't know why. I just don't like them. Tomatoes are not for me. This is going to get really offensive. Um, golf is not for me, okay? I don't know at what point uh, every pastor, it seems like, is presented with, like, a, a, an agreement they have to sign, like, you have to play golf if you're a pastor. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sign it. I'm just not. It's not for me. I'm not. You play golf, don't you? Right? No? Okay, good. All right. <laughs> They didn't sign it either. Okay, good, 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 good. Golf is not for me. Um, but it's not like that with Jesus. Does anyone play golf in here? No? Oh, see, this is, you got an anointed church. You see, that is, that is good. Woo. Holy Ghost, thank you. Okay, um, but it's not like that with Jesus, right? It's not like that with Jesus. He's for everyone. The issue is that many treat the gospel like if they're selling something, right? Like, like we treat the gospel like if we have to sell it to someone. Like, I, I need to sell these knives. Did anyone sell knives in, in high school? No? Okay. <laughs> Woo, okay. Knives or insurance or like magazine subscriptions or something, right? It's like, yo, the good news is the good news for a reason, right? It's life in abundance. It's salvation. It's forgiveness of sins. We don't have to sell the gospel. The gospel is good. Uh, you don't have to, like, if you sign up today, you're going to get this package, a little bit of Jesus. No, no, the good news is good news for a reason. So what exactly, let's go back to the Festival of Tabernacles. What exactly is the Festival of Tabernacles? So um, it was a time of joyous celebration as the Israelites celebrated God's continued provision for them in the current harvest, the time they were in, the harvest that they were experiencing, and it was a time of remembrance for the provision and protection during the 40 years in the wilderness. That's what the Festival of Tabernacles was, in, in which Jesus is in, in chapter 7. Um, so it was a festival commemorating a very long waiting period and seeing God's faith, faithfulness even when things didn't go as planned. The Israelites were only supposed to be in the wilderness for less than a year, but they ended up being there because of disobedience for 40 years. But regardless of that, they worshiped the Lord because they knew he was faithful and he was doing something even if it wasn't happening at that moment, right? Even if it wasn't happening at that moment, they knew that God was doing something. When they started to celebrate in the Festival of Tabernacles, they were just starting to plant whatever they were planting. They hadn't seen the fruit yet. But still, they were, Lord, we are going to praise you in this current harvest because we know that these tomatoes and these onions and these watermelons, whatever they were planting, it's going to grow. And we're going to praise you even before it grows. That's what the Festival of Tabernacles was. I wonder if one of the main reasons we don't evangelize is because we expect everyone that we cross paths with is immediately come, is going to come to Jesus, right? Like, we, we want to be walking through the mall, lock eyes with someone, and for them just to fall on their knees and just start praising the Lord, right? Like, that's, that's what we want. We're like, I, it's hard for me to go to talk to some. Listen, I'm an introvert. I, I am. I believe it or not, I am an introvert, all right? Like, the Lord has done something miraculous in me, and he's like, whatever. But I am an introvert. It's not easy for me to go up and talk to somebody, but God has given me that strength and that desire but still, it's hard, right? It's hard to go up to someone and share your faith with someone. I get it. But I believe that the reason why we don't, we're, one of the reasons why we're not comfortable with evangelizing is because we want the quick, right? We want the easy. We, we, we want the one year. We don't want the 40 years in the wilderness. We want the one. We want the, the right away. We want, we want everyone that we talk to to come to Jesus on the spot right away and that's just not, that doesn't happen, right? We know that God is a gentleman. He's not going to force someone into the kingdom. He's going to wait until we make that decision. Lord, I surrender it all to you. And maybe that's one of the reasons. I know that's one of the reasons why we don't evangelize. 
being obedient to Jesus sometimes feels mundane, right? Um, I go back to the 40 years, right? How, how many times did they walk around in the desert, in the wilderness? It's mundane, right? I think about my daughter who, like I said, just graduated eighth grade a couple, a couple weeks ago. And, and I, you know, every morning taking her to school and then taking, picking her up, taking her to soccer practice and then picking her up and taking her to another thing and then do, and every single day it's a daily grind. My, you know, driving, driving, waking up, alarm clocks, eat, this, it's just, it's a daily grind, right? And there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, this is tiring, right? This is tiring, but I keep doing it not because of what I do, but because of who I am. I'm this little girl's, big girl's, big little girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm her father, right? I'm her father, and that's why I, I go through the motions. We do it every single morning, and we go through it. And then a couple weeks ago, just seeing her walk through the stage, graduating eighth grade, I'm like, yo, that's why we do it, right? That's why we do it. That's why it's all worth it, because Eventually, she's going to get that diploma, and she's going to go on to that next, that next level, right? So, again, it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. And, yes, it feels mundane, but continue to do it. Continue to serve God. Continue to evangelize. Continue to do what he's commanding you to do. Because there will be those lost souls, those people who desperately, desperately need Jesus, who, who God doesn't call lost, right? God calls them his children, that will receive salvation, and there will be a party in heaven because you were obedient. You will see the miraculous healings. You will see someone come to the faith, and you literally will pull them out of the pit of hell, and you'll say, this is why I do it, right? This is why God is calling me to do it, because there will be those individuals who receive Jesus, and their lives will be transformed forever. So continue to do it. Evangelism is not a suggestion. Evangelism is not a suggestion. It is a command for every single believer. Who you are is a child of God. Who you are is a believer, a disciple of Jesus, a benefactor of grace and mercy. And from that identity, from who you are, comes actions that you have to do whether you want to or not. Whether you want to or not. Can I be real with you guys? Can I be real with you guys? Yes? Yeah? Um, There's a lot of times I don't feel like sharing my faith. There's a lot of times I don't feel like evangelizing. And, and quite frankly, at our church, that's kind of what like, I was known for. I was known as like, oh, that dude is always evangelizing, always doing this, that, and the other. Half the time, I didn't want to do it. I, there's half the time, I did not want to do it. And even in this season, back in April, um, back in April, uh, you know, in Walker's Point, where, you know, we'd go out a couple times a week to evangelize, tell people about Jesus, invite them to, to our services, and um, in late April, it's like 8 a.m., and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out right now. So I go to the area, and as I'm about to get out of my car, it literally starts snowing. Late April. Starts snowing. So I sit in my car, and I'm like, God, if this is your way of telling me not to do this, I won't do it. All right? Like, I, I'll take this as a sign. I'm not going to do it. As a matter of fact... I won't, I won't, I'll give up this whole ministry right now. Like, I'm done. Like, if, he knows how much I hate snow. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he literally, he literally was like, get over yourself. Get out of this car and go tell people about me. See, a lot of times I hear people are like, when they hear, when they, you know, know that God is talking to them, it's always like, you know, my child, come here, baby. Yes, I love you, this and that. And obviously he does talk like that because he's our father. Um, but he talks to me rough sometimes, all right? He talks to me rough, right? I need, if you've read the Bible, he talks to his people rough. And I need that, right? Because I, I need the, yeah, sweet, come here, baby. But I also need, like, dude, get over yourself. Go. Just go. I get out of that car. And within 30 minutes, I'm walking in the snow. Within 30 minutes, it stops snowing. The sun comes out. It goes to 60 degrees and hot. Amazing. Amazing. That day, we shared, uh, we shared our testimonies with like 50 people, loved on so many people, invited so many people to, to our services, all to the glory of God. All to the glory of God because it doesn't matter whether you want to or not. It, it matters whether you're doing what God is commanding you to do. That's what matters. This past March, we had a prayer walk. We had a prayer walk in Walker's Point. 
Um, seven people came to the prayer walk. We invited about 50 people. Seven people came out. Myself, my wife, the two leaders that we're leading with, which I'm sure you'll meet in no time, Eric and Hasmin Tresky, and uh, our friend Pedro and our two kids. Seven people came out. We talked to exactly, or rather we prayed, to, we prayed with exactly zero people. Um, exactly zero people got saved. And, uh, and that's enough to, to discourage anybody, right? Like, Lord, what's, what's going on? Like, you know, we're being, we're being obedient to what you're calling us to do. And we continue to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Last week, we had a prayer walk. About 40 to 50 people came out. Praise God. Um, we gave out 150 like little cards. They were in tracks, but they were like little uh, cards with scripture. We gave about 150 of those out. All right. We prayed for about 50 people face to face, and four, five people gave their lives to Jesus Christ last week in Walker's Point to the glory of God, including a young lady who is in the sex trade. And she literally ran up to my wife and to uh, another sister of ours. And she said, what are you guys doing? We're praying for people. I, I need prayer. Prayed for her. They were bold. They asked her, do you want to give your life to Jesus right now? I want to give my life to Jesus right now. She received Jesus Christ into, into her heart that day. And her life will be forever transformed because we are obedient. All right? We're obedient. Even if it feels mundane, even if it feels hard, even if it feels pointless, do what God is commanding you to do. So maybe you're hearing all of this, right? You're maybe hearing all of this, and you're like, this is good stuff, but you know what? I'm still not there. You know, that doesn't really change how I feel. Maybe I'm, I'm still kind of like, you know, weary. I don't really want to get into evangelizing. It's not really for me. Let's bring up the list of why people don't evangelize. Why, why, do you, why, do, why, why don't people evangelize, right? We said, you know, I'm shy. I'm introverted. I get nervous. I get scared. I don't know enough about the Bible, right? You know what the problem with that is? You know what the common denominator and all those things are? It's a whole lot of me, right? It's a, it's a whole lot of I this, I feel this, I don't know. I, it's a whole lot of I. And it may be that you are depending more on yourself than the Holy Spirit, right? And I'll throw myself, we are depending more on ourselves than the Holy Spirit. The work, that, it's literally like, us trying to do anything without the Holy Spirit, right, especially when it comes to evangelism, it's literally like me telling my five-year-old son, hey, man, you kind of have to, you know, you have to help out here, man. You got to go get a job. Tuition, you got to go pay for tuition. You got to go get a job, right? God is not going to leave us out, out there like that. No, he's providing everything that we need in order to do what he's commanding us to do. The Holy Spirit is the paracletos, the helper, the Holy Spirit was given, to, was given to us to do two things. A lot of things, but these two are the main things. He gave us the Holy Spirit, one, to show us Jesus Christ, right? To point us to Jesus Christ and to embolden the believer to tell others about Jesus Christ, okay? Evangelism and the Holy Spirit can now work independent from each other. Do you know what evangelism means? Does anyone know what evangelism means? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, it is a derivative of evangelio, which is Latin for the gospel. Okay? So if the Holy Spirit's job is to point the world to the gospel, to Jesus, and we're out here trying to evangelize without the one who was sent to point the world to Jesus... You are going to be scared. You are going to be shy. You are going to be nervous. You are going to be not equipped. All of these things. We need the Holy Spirit in order for us to be successful in telling the world about Jesus Christ. Okay? So those, the Holy Spirit and evangelism does not work independent from each other. They work hand in hand. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power. This is Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit was given so that we could tell people about Jesus. Yeah, praise God. 
So does the Holy Spirit counsel you? Absolutely. Does he convict you and correct you? Absolutely. Does he cheer you up? Absolutely. But the main role of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus and to embolden the believer to bring people to Jesus. Let's keep reading on. Uh, John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, this is Jesus, obviously. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Rivers of living water. That is powerful imagery, right? Rivers of living water will flow from the person who believes in Jesus Christ. Powerful imagery, right? Would you define your life like that? (sighs) Breathe, breathe, breathe. Would someone else define your life like that? Like, yo, that person has rivers of living water flowing from within them. I know a lot of people probably would be like, I don't know, this is kind of weird, I don't know, I probably doesn't have rivers. But my goal is that there would be rivers of living water flowing from me. And that should be all of our goal. I want all of our goals. I want rivers of living water flowing from within me. Would you say I have rivers of living water flowing from within me as I watch the 10th season of Stranger Things or whatever season they're on? I have, I have rivers of living water as I just stay connected in my Christian bubble and I don't want to engage the world, right? I have rivers of living water as I yell at the young kid at the fast food place. Fast food again, my goodness. I need deliverance. I went to Culver's yesterday and everyone was like 10 years old. It was, and they provided excellent service. Um, excellent, excellent service. So maybe I can't. Send my five-year-old son to work. Okay. Um, Culver's is of the Lord. We all know that, right? Right? Can we agree on that? No? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. So we need, I say all that to say, we need the Holy Spirit to do things that the Holy Spirit can do. All right? We don't need the Holy Spirit to, like, give us strength to change the channel on Netflix. Netflix is so pointless. I literally will spend two hours just flipping through the thing, like, what I want to watch. I'll pick something, watch it for 10 minutes, and then turn it off and go to sleep. Because we don't need the Holy Spirit for that, right? We don't need the Holy Spirit for that. (laughs) Did I lose you guys already? No? You guys are with me? Okay, good. Um, We don't need the Holy Spirit for that. We need the Holy Spirit for the miraculous. We need the Holy Spirit for healing. We need the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you guys uh, uh, this, what happened this one time. Okay. Um, we're evangelizing on 27th and Kilbourne. It's an area, a street known as Crack Alley because there's a lot of cracks on the cement. No, it's actually because there was a lot of cracks sold in the 90s and 80s and, and even into this, this decade. Um, and we were there evangelizing one day. Um, I'm with about, I'm leading this team, this missions team that's there, and there's like 20, uh, there's 20 like middle schoolers, uh, from an, a, a rural church in Wyoming or something. Um, and, and <laughs> so we're, re- we're evangelizing on 27th and Kilbourne. And everyone we come across, everyone we talk to, they don't want nothing to do with us. They don't want to hear us. They're just, they just go on their way. I'm like, okay, what do we do here? What do we do here, right? Because this is not going well. Continue to pray. Lord, we need you. Holy Spirit, come down. I know you want to do something right now. So not only were people not engaging with us, actually the opposite happens. There was a, a gentleman who starts to basically harass us, and he uh, starts to uh, yell obscenities at us and all of that, right? So I'm leading this team of, uh, of middle schoolers. Uh, so he comes one time, and he's very aggressive, I'm like, can I talk to you? He's like, no, get away from me. Uh, he comes back a second time, and again, he's aggressive, yelling at us and stuff. And I'm like, man, can I, can I just talk to you? He says, no. At that point, I'm like, I got all these kids. I'm like, all right, guys, we got to start heading back. And the, and the Holy Spirit was like, don't leave. So I told all these kids, I'm like, walk down like half a block, right? And I'm just praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. My wife gets nervous when I tell this story. She's like, why'd you do that? Um, <clears throat> So he comes back a third time. 
He comes back a third time. And finally, I'm able to stop him. I'm like, can I please talk to you? And he said, you guys just come here. You, 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 you do your good deed for the day, and then you're gone, and this, that, and the other, right? He was very aggressive, but he was right, right? He, he had experienced something that was accurate. People come, give a sandwich, see you guys next year, and then they're on their way. I said, I don't know who you think we are, but we are literally, I was working at City on a Hill. I'm, we're literally right there. You can see we're right there. We're not going anywhere. We're here to serve. We're here to love on the community. We're here to provide resources. His heart was softened. He was weeping. I loved on him. I prayed for him. He was on his way. I told the middle school team, come back. We got on the corner. The Holy Spirit fell down. It was something incredible. From that moment on, we had prayed for nobody. We haven't talked to nobody except for this aggressive gentleman. From that time on, Five people got saved, including a mom and a daughter who had been through abuse and all types of stuff. They gave their lives to Jesus. We prayed for at least a dozen people. We loved on the community. We were only supposed to be there for an hour and a half. We ended up being there for three and a half hours because of all the people that we were able to reach and love on and to pray for. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to see and do the miraculous. Without him, we can't do it. Without him, we are powerless. We need the Holy Spirit. All right, so that was my intro. Um, <clears throat> so for the next couple of moments, I just, want, <laughs> I just want to give you guys some real, real practical, uh, some real practical steps. Um, this, this comes from a book. These four steps come from a book. Uh, it's called the Bible. Maybe you've heard of it. No, no. Uh, <laughs> It's called uh, Prayer Evangelism. Prayer Evangelism by Ed Silvoso. Uh, I've, I've read this book. I've taught from this book. Um, it's an amazing book. So I just want to give you guys uh, four steps that he used um, in uh, using Luke chapter 10. Okay, so Luke chapter 10, verses 5, 8 through 9. Real practical steps on how to evangelize. And this is... This is uh, useful and this is uh, uh, applicable, whether it's like like short, you know, like short, uh, short term evangelism or you're just like, you know what, I'm going to hit the streets. and I'm going to tell people about Jesus. OK, so it's useful and applicable for that. It's also applicable for what I call long term evangelism, where it's like your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your coworker, whoever that like maybe you've already shared your faith, but they're you know, what I'm saying, I don't know. Right. It's like long term relational evangelism. OK. It's applicable to both, okay? So let's read uh, late, uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 5 and 8 through 9. It says, When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Step number one. Step number one on how to evangelize. Step number one is speak peace to them, all right? Speak peace to them to them. In the amplified version, it says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace. That is a blessing of well-being and prosperity, the favor of God to this person or to this house. Why is this important? Why is it, it, why is it important that we would speak peace to everyone that we encounter? It's important because unfortunately, the church has a history of being at war with the lost instead of loving the lost. All right. We we are known when we, when we think we're not hopefully we're not known to this degree. But a lot of times when we think of evangelism, we think about the guy on the corner that says, you know, you're going to hell, uh, repent, uh, all those things. Right. Like just nasty, nasty signs. We're known for that. Right. We're known for that, unfortunately. But we have to break out of that. We have to come to everyone with peace because who do we serve? The Prince of Peace. Right? We serve the Prince of Peace. We serve Jesus. So the, um, so the image that's often portrayed of Christians are angry and hateful and, and over-consumed with secondary issues. Jesus was, was known as a friend of sinners. If Jesus was known as their friend, then we should be known as their friend as well. Before anything else, we should be someone's friend. Again, even if it's short-term, I'm hitting the streets and evangelizing. It's like, dude, I don't know you, but I love you, man. Like, like you seem like a really cool guy. You know, like, that's, that's, that's the degree that we're coming at people. We come in peace. Um, was that E.T. or like an alien? I come in peace. Oof, okay. Um, all right, so... Again, if we're being led by Jesus, we, we, we come to everyone in peace. Another reason why we come in peace 
uh, is because if we bless the lost, we will stop cursing them, okay? It's really easy to, uh, you know, the young lady that, that gave her life to Jesus who, who's in the sex trade, um, I don't, we don't call her a prostitute. We don't call her, you know what I'm saying? We don't call her all these titles. No, we call her like a daughter of the king, right? Like we, we, we're really, we can curse somebody without even knowing it by giving them titles, right? Like addressing them by what their sin is or, or, or by what, you know, what life they're living, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, God loves you, right? God loves you unconditionally, that agape love, okay? Now his promises, his promises um, are, you know, guaranteed until you come to him, but that love is there regardless of what you do. He loves you, okay? So come to peace to everyone that you speak to and uh, come across. Number one. So number two, fellowship with them, all right? Come in peace is number one. Fellowship with them is number two. Uh, Luke 10, 8 says, whenever you go into a city and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. This this really speaks to taking your time being around people you're trying to share Jesus with, all right? Don't, like, don't do, like, drive-by evangelism. Don't do drive, all right, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. It's way better for, if you're, if you're um, long-term evangelism, if you're just meeting, like, with a coworker, do, like, a one-on-one thing, right? Spend an hour, spend an hour and a half and just love on them, right? Give them advice. Tell them how much they're loved by their creator, if it's street evangelism, it's better for you guys to talk to four people instead of a hundred people, right? If you're able to spend a good amount of time just hearing from them, knowing their story, knowing why they live the lives they live, or you know what I'm saying? Like just hearing them out, loving on them, fellowship with them, hear them out, hear, hear their story. So that's number two, fellowship with them. Number three, take care of their needs. Verse 9 says, heal the sick. Being in fellowship with someone will open up conversation where needs will come up, right? Those heart-to-heart conversations will come up and they will ask for our help because they now have a, they have tangible proof that we care for them, right? That we, that we care about them. Um, if they feel like, like we're trying to sell something to them, they're going to know that, right? Like, I brought someone to church. Yes. No, it's like, I love you, man. Like, I, I, Jesus loves you. Right? And they're gonna know, they're gonna know that. And through that relationship and through that love, they're going to let us know what their needs are. Emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs. And that doesn't mean money, right? Every time we're out on the street, we never give money, right? But, but we are able to offer them other needs. And that's why it's important. Nehemiah, right? All the, all the different, uh, programs and resources that are available in your community. Be aware of them. Know what they are because if someone, yo, I need a job, hey, go call this number right here, boom, 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 right? Like, God calls us to provide for their needs as well, okay? And of course, that also means like physical, uh, like uh, healing, okay? Who believes that Jesus can heal just about, not just about anything, everything, everything, right? Right? Lay hands, lay hands, lay hands, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. And lastly, Step number four is proclaim the good news. Now, we might think that it's a disservice to God, that it's like, how are you going to proclaim the the good news at the very end? Like, what's that about? No, you should lead with that. Well, can I just say that Jesus didn't even do that, right? Like, we we look at the story of Matthew, okay? He said, he said, follow me, right? Jesus said, follow me. And the very next scene, they're drinking and not drinking. Oh, my gosh. They're uh, eating and they're having a good time, right? And they probably were drinking wine. I don't know. But um, they're having a good time with all these people that they're fellowshipping with. Right? And he's like, I'm going to do life with you. Even Jesus, I'm going to do life with you. Right? And then, and then we declare that the kingdom of God is near. Declare that. Right? Declare that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has come near to you. When we are seeking the Lord and doing his will, and living righteously, it will be attractive to the world. And those around you will ask you questions and want to be around you. There's, there's people that, that, I, that I know, right, that I've shared the good news with them. 
And they're like, you know, I'm just not really there yet. But they'll, they'll, they'll come to me for prayer. They'll still come to me for advice, right? Because we hold something that the world desperately, desperately needs. That's the good news. That's the gospel, right? And, and a lot of times they will like, hey, I need Jesus. I want to give my life, right? But a lot of times it's a lot of fellowship, It's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of meals. It's a lot of coffee. It's a lot of, right? It's a lot. And so it's like, you know what? Like, I I need it. Whatever you have, whatever you've been showing me for these last however many years, I need it. I need it. The kingdom of God. We are called to be salt and light to this world. Penetrating this world and demonstrating the kingdom of God is at hand. He tells us in scripture to let your shine, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Salt and light have this in common that they bring change to an environment to which they're introduced. They penetrate their context with power and uh, to make a difference. The kingdom of God, the, the gospel message is not meant to be, to be a secret. Okay. It's not like, Right. We can't keep it to ourselves. Otherwise, it's not news. It's not good news. Right. Then it's just it's, it's for our own benefit. The good news was meant to be spread to the world. And however small, right, however. Whatever measure of faith that we've been given or gifts or talents make a humongous impact in our communities, in our worlds, in our families. All right. This was not meant for us to keep to ourselves. And I believe that when we become obedient to what Jesus commands us to do, then we will be able to see and do what Matthew 10, 8 says. And that is, we will be able to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and other diseases. We'll be able to drive out demons, right? Because he tells us we have freely received. We need to freely give. That is the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ to evangelize, to evangelize. It feels mundane. It feels hard. It feels, do it anyway. Call on the Holy Spirit. Pray for the neighborhoods. Pray for for your neighbors. Pray for your coworkers. This whole concept of prayer evangelism is is essentially to pray, to uh, pray, to pray for people. Hold on, let me say it again. The whole concept of prayer evangelism is to Talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. All right? And that the first time we went to the the prayer walk that I mentioned before, where we didn't talk to anybody, we prayed for every single person in that community. So we went out there that second time. It was like people were coming to us. Right? People were coming to us. Pray for those people that, 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 that that are in your sphere of influence. Pray for them. Pray for them. So when you tell them about Jesus, they'll be like, I don't know what it is, but I already feel loved by you, man. I I feel that you're genuine. I feel that you care about me. Okay? So the four steps, again, real quick. Speak peace to them. Number one, speak peace to them. Let them know that that you love them, that, that you come in peace. Number two, fellowship with them. Have coffee. Have dinner. Invite them to your house. Invite yourself to their house. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'll come over. Cook something for us. Number three, take care of their needs. Take care of their needs. Be aware of the resources that are available in this community and proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news of Jesus. Tell them that Jesus is for everyone, regardless of background, regardless of what you've done or what anyone has done. Jesus is for everyone. Can everyone stand if you're able? And if everyone can just close, close your eyes. And, and I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. And, and as I pray for you, I also just, I want you to start to talk to God that, that you would be emboldened by the Holy Spirit. And, and that if you've never felt the Holy Spirit, um, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you've never really felt, you know, the Holy Spirit in your life in that way, that, that that would happen tonight because the Holy Spirit is, is given to us by Jesus, um, everyone who believes, everyone who believes. And I pray that everyone leaves tonight with that desire that we would have rivers of living water flowing from within us to evangelize our world, to love our world, and to bring a lost and devastated world 
to Jesus. So right where you're at, just start to start to talk to him. Start to start to ask him into your life. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And actually, can anyone just write, uh, lift up your hands as well, just as a sign of surrender? Father God, I thank you for your people. Mm. God, you love every single person in this room. You have called every single person in this room to do every good work. And the same way that you love every single person in this room, you love every single person that's not in this room. You love this world. You created this world to have fellowship with them and to spend all of eternity with you. And Lord, there are billions of people across the world who don't know you and you call us to tell them about you. Mm. Father God, I pray that you would equip every single person here. Equip them, embolden them through your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that every single time that they share their faith, that every single time that they, that they pray for someone, Lord, that they would, that they would welcome the Holy Spirit into that situation, Father God. But because, because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do it. We are powerless. So Lord, equip the work of everyone's hands. Embolden them, Lord, the same way that the disciples were emboldened when they received the Holy Spirit. Father, that's the same Holy Spirit that is acting and moving in this place. So Lord, from the top to the bottom, Lord, equip your people, embolden your people. Mm. Jesus. Lord, I pray against any attack from Satan. I pray against any attack that, that is telling them right now that they're not able to do it, that they're not, they're not good enough, that they can't speak, that they don't know enough about the word. All of these lies are from Satan. They are lies. So Lord, Give them truth. Give them truth. Your word says that we should not become weary in doing what is good. We should not become weary in doing what you call us to do because at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So Lord, bless your people with endurance. Bless your people with strength. Holy Spirit, fall down right now. Come down on your, on, on your people, Lord. Embolden your people. And Lord, we just declare right now, we believe that even this week, we will see the miraculous happen. That that coworker who, who, who has that desire but just doesn't know how to come to you, Lord, that that, that coworker will even start a conversation with, with, with one of us. Lord, we believe and ask for divine appointments. Thank you, Jesus. And I just pray for all of my friends that we would all have rivers of living waters flowing from within us. Rivers of living waters flowing from within us. Lord, we thank you for what you've done tonight, and we thank you for what you're going to continue to do this week. We pray all of these things in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen.